you know, the only thing I knew about autism at that time was there was like a Tony Braxton commercial. Okay. And she was talking about her. Yeah, I'm yeah, serious. And yeah. I, you know, but even then I'm like, oh, okay, what does that mean? Like, that, that's scary. I'm like, oh, does that mean he's never going to talk? Does that mean, what does that mean? Because then, you know, going through the spectrum and they're explaining. And- hey, everyone, this is Keisha Jackson with A Day in a Life with Autism. Today we'll be sitting down with my friend and guest, Zakia. Um, she'll be sharing her story of a day in a life with autism. have a lot in common um yeah we've lived like a lot of similar similar things you know being a single parent um Mm -hmm. having to rely on our moms um for help you know um Mm -hmm. (laughs) when things come up um yeah you know and just work situations too you know i feel like like we've just been through the same things (laughs) so (laughs) right um do you mind telling our listeners your name and you know just give me like a backstory giving us a backstory about um you know your son zane what happened Uh, you know when did you get the first diagnosis and all that okay um my name is zakia Mm -hmm. but everyone calls me kiki my son is zane (laughs) My, uh, he's my little rug rat. Um, <laughs> I love him pieces. <laughs> um, yeah, he was probably about, I say, um, about three when, um, or three or four when we got the diagnosis. Um, it started out in um, the preschool he was going to. He would um, hide under the tables, um, play by himself, which I thought was maybe like, He's my firstborn and my only child mm-hmm. at this point. But there's like a lot of things sometimes you don't know as a new parent that are not typical behaviors. And I just thought, well, maybe he's shy. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just likes to play by himself. You know, I'm just thinking maybe it's a, a personality thing. Mm-hmm. And um, as time went on, um, he did have one really good preschool teacher. Her name was Miss Elise. And she told me, you know, I just feel like Zane is, she's like, I, I'm, you know, I'm not a professional, but I just feel like there's something going on with his speech and that he should probably be saying more words. He should be more vocal. And I'm like, oh, you, I didn't know. So you told me three-year-olds should be like making full sentences and telling you what you want. I just thought, hey, he's little. Play, I want juice. Mm-hmm. I want juice. Like, you know, so. I was I was unaware that um, my child wasn't hitting um, those milestones because I had nothing else to compare him to. He's just my kid. Yeah. Um, so then she was like, "Let's you should go ahead and write a letter to the school district and see if we could get some kind of speech going for him." I know it's kind of young, so but um, they may do it. And I was like, "Okay." So uh, I remember I wrote a letter. Um, I sent it out to the school district uh, of Fallbrook, because that's where we lived at the time. And immediately, they were pretty prompt with it. You know, they um, was like, okay, let's get them into some, you know, uh, on Wednesdays at this time or whatever. You know, you just send them to, over to us and, you know, we'll work with them. So um, over time, let's say about maybe six months has passed, um, or maybe a year, because I think he was going to turn four soon. And um, they were like, well, you know, the, the speech therapist one day came out and, you know, she came and talked to me and she was like, um, you know, I think there's something going on more than just speech with him. And if it's send him to see if he could get tested, and see uh, if there's something more. And I was okay. like, oh, okay. And I'm like, what is more? In my head, I'm like, what is more? Like, it's, you know, what could be more than his speech? 
And then mm-hmm. that's at the level when I probably started getting a little concerned because you want to know, like, what is it that the person is referring uh, to? What, what are they talking about? Mm-hmm. So I took him in. You know, you're not allowed to, well, my experience, I wasn't allowed to be in there with him. Uh, I was waiting on the outside just, like, trying to see, like, you know, just being a concerned parent, like, what are they in there doing? Yeah. You know, I did see... I did peek my head a little bit. It looked like they were kind of playing a game with them, and I saw some toys or whatnot. So probably like a week later, um, you know, they called for the media to talk about what they found and what they think. So um, they were explaining, um, so we think that your son is on the, ash, or, you know, on the autism spectrum. And I'm like, eh? What's the, you know, the only thing I knew about autism at that time was there was like a Tony Braxton commercial okay. and she was talking about her. Yeah, I'm yeah, dead serious. And yeah. like, you know, but even then I'm like, oh, okay, what does that mean? Like, that, that's scary. I'm like, oh, does that mean he's never going to talk? Does that mean, what does that mean? Because then, you know, going through the spectrum and they're explaining and, you know, on the sliding scale, you could be, you know, highly functional to, you know, you know, having more severe social problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, well, you know, it's devastating. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then they were like, well, you know, for example, some children with um, autism, they like to stack things. At the time, that was my son. He like, you know, put in the colors and stacking things. Mm -hmm. And then um, also they have a hard time with um, understanding, like, um, they're very literal. So she was saying, but my son had a good idea of how to play, but she was just giving an example like, um, I'm going to take a brick, like a, you know, Lego brick and pretend it's a phone, you know, um, a lot of children with autism will be like, that's a, that's a Lego brick, that's not a phone, but other typical children could get, like, the idea of, like, I'm pretending it's a phone. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like what she was breaking down, you know, how their brain kind of works, and so that was the first time I had ever experienced this and I'm like okay so what do I do from here and it was kind of like go to the regional center that's pretty much the answer I got okay so then after that it was like okay I have no resources I have okay what is this regional center thing is about and then at the same time um at the school that he was going to um the you know the teacher was great but it was like the director started like having them write him up like oh he he was hugging a parent and wanted to go home with them i'm like what's your preschoolers like yeah they want to go home they don't want to stay here um he's been crawling under the desk yes you know he's been doing that and you know you see i'm in the process of getting a diagnosis so when i came there and i spoke to the director i said well this week i found out um he had they think he's on the spectrum and all of a sudden, she was, like, securing me. Oh, let's, we're going to do this meeting of, um, I, I forgot what it's called, but, like, um, what if what if he gets upset, whatever, what's the plan? Will you come get him within a certain time, da, da, da. And I'm thinking, like, we did this little meeting because they're trying to help my child. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I'm all like, oh, good, at least I got some support. And she's like, um, you need to go to, you know, make an appointment at the regional center. Well, I did, but I didn't realize that it was going to take 30 days or more to actually, yeah, to actually go see your caseworker and set it up. It probably took probably more than 30 days, maybe, um, maybe, uh, maybe 60 days, maybe it was like two months. And she goes, so one day I come in there, you know, come in to get my child and she goes, oh, I want to talk to you. And I'm like, yeah, no worries. I, I go in there and then. I'm like, you know, I'm a very friendly person. I'm a very, you know, usually very upgoing person, a beat person. But man, what she said made me mad. We sit down and she goes, well, I see that you never went to go get your appointment for the regional center. And I was like, actually, and I bust out the piece of paper. Mm. Hey, you know, in two weeks, I got an appointment for him. So that's good, you know? And she's like, well, you, you need to be, um," and she goes, well, that's not good enough because he needs to be getting ABA therapy and, and he needs to be getting help and you're not moving along to do that. And I'm like, huh? You know, like I'm really dumbfounded because 
we just had this meeting in like two weeks ago where they were all supportive and, you know, holding hands and kumbaya. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, now I'm getting like, um, sorry, my voice. <laughs> you know, now I'm, I feel like I'm getting the cold shoulder. I'm, I'm so confused. So she's like, well, this is going to be his last day here. Do you understand? I'm a single mom. And I work to pay for every single bill in my house. Yeah. Now I'm left without any child care or anything. And she had no compassion, none whatsoever. Um, and I just could not believe it. I like, I kind of like, I do. <laughs> I'm not condoning bad behavior. I was like, are you correct? Like, I kind of say you're nuts or something like that. Like, what is wrong with you? And I think I made a kick their desk like a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because you're frustrated. Yeah. And so I jumped up and I said, I'm going to get my child. And I stormed in there and they were sleeping because <laughs> the teacher was like, oh, they're sleeping. I said, move out of my way. I'm getting my kid right now. <laughs> it's like I come something in there. I probably woke up all the children. I snatched my child up. And, um, you know, as I'm leaving, uh, one of the teachers was like, where are you going? Like, what happened? And um, she kind of walks me to the door and I'm like, well, they're kicking my child out. And I feel like, it's, you know, and she's like, what? I mean, she's kind of like dumbfounded. In the same breath, I'm, as I'm in that lobby, I look over and I see a lady filling out a form to place her child into the program. Mm. So, you know, naturally I'm like one-on-one. She didn't, what cool in my head is this director did not want a child with disabilities in her school, in her center. Mm. And it would be just easier to get a new one, you know? Yeah. So at that moment, it was like, I knew, that's when I knew that the road ahead was going to be a rough one because you have people like that in society that doesn't want to deal. It's easier to you know, dismiss a child rather than deal with a disability. So that was my intro to um, being a mom of a child with you know, autism, which he actually has Asperger's. Um, so it's more of the social, the social side piece. of things. So is yeah. he like considered high functioning? And then, yeah. He, okay. Yeah. Um, it, well, you know, I feel as though, and I know a lot of people say they don't like, yeah, they don't like that. therapy. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, um, I felt like it helped him. And I, and I always was, I was never a person that shied away from him being discomfort, uh, uncomfortable. So, um, you know, at the time when he was younger, he did not like loud noises, um, loud sounds. And instead of like coddling, and this is just me. Um, and I know some people might not agree. I was like, we're going to go out into the world. We're going to do this. We're going to do it. You're going to have to find a way to adjust. Whether it's putting your fingers in your ears, whether, you know, and I felt like my approach, in my opinion, helped. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm sorry. I'm like, it's okay. Drink some so water. Today. <laughs> Get some water. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so we just got him used to just hearing noise and being out among people. And uh, one of the things that his therapist did was like every Thursday, we took him to the loudest, most gathering place people go uh, in Oceanside. On Thursdays, it's the farmer's market, right? Mm. So there's a lot of people, there's a lot of food, there's a lot of smells. Guess what? He, all his senses are getting hit. Yes. So um, yes. in the beginning, it was difficult. It was crying. I'm ready to go home. I don't want to do this. You know, uh, it was a lot of that. And then over time, it's slowly like, you know, you're not going to avoid the situation. So slowly but surely he started to enjoy Ooh, I'm going to go here and get my favorite food so uh, I'll deal with the noise you know to get my favorite food or, or whatever you know so how old was he like, um, when he was going through these, this therapy yeah, um, process right, how, right. So that was he like, I'm sorry was he like three or what age was he um, so I didn't find out that most ABA therapy places and this is my, like, again my experience from my last understand it. I don't believe they will start until they're about five years old anyways. Okay. So the fact that that director was like, you need to put them in there. I'm like, I'm a lot of places sometimes don't even like to diagnose children for sure, for sure with, you know, 
autism is at least like even like a little older than four. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to slap labels on children, and then you know that's not the right label. But anyways, um, so yeah, he I would say he was about five, around five, turning okay. six when okay. he was actually assigned a ABA therapy therapist and then we went from that age all the way to about about seven years old okay right yeah um turning eight or so and then he you know gold out and they were like yeah you know if you need us just you know call us back and right now i think i'm in the process, i shouldn't i think i'm in the process of going on another agency again to because now He's starting to get, you know, he's in fourth grade. He's next, next, this fall, he'll be moving to fifth grade. And, um, and I know he's going to start dealing with middle school problems, you know, mm-hmm. middle school, uh, things that, you know, where, you know how it is. If you go from elementary school and then now you're going, he's going to be going to middle school. With older kids, that transition. With older yeah. children. Yeah. And he's got to like, um, cause he already gets a little bit of, um, I don't want to say bullying, but like, you know, oh, you talk like a baby. Why do you talk that way? So, um, because it's very apparent in his speech. Sometimes he he talks clear, but it's still got like a little bit of a, um, like a little bit of a baby list. You know how like- Is there stuttering going on or? um, It's more like he mushes, when he speaks the rate of speed, he kind of speaks fast because uh, I guess maybe he's uncomfortable talking, so he's trying to get it all out. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. So it's sometimes not clear, but also he has like a like a little baby list. But I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of like when he talks certain words, he has a list on it. Um, so it still kind of sounds like you're five or six sometimes when you have a list. Mm-hmm. So we're working on getting you know some more speech therapy. But I, I mean, I can understand him. Um, just fine and I think a lot of other people can it's just that sometimes when he's in like a nervous situation he speaks really fast yeah. and then another thing that his speech therapist tells me that he does which is what she said is very rare in, in her particular um, profession she hasn't really seen a lot of it or hardly at all but she, she calls it amazing it's when you don't talk in a chronological order hey first I'm going to go do this second I did this First, I rolled the car down the hill, and then I ran down the hill and caught it. He talks more like the car ran was at the bottom of the hill, and I when I when I drove it down there and I pushed the car down. So it doesn't. Sometimes it's very hard to follow where you are in the story, or because of the way or where he is in the story because of the way he speaks. So um, working on some of those skills because um, I do want him to do well in in school, but. More importantly, I want him to have those skills to do well in life. Yes. You know? Yeah, that's important. And that's more important to me than, you know. The academic side or? The academic side. Mm -hmm. I mean, academic is good too. Don't get me wrong. But for me, I want him to succeed in, you know, because mommy's not going to be here forever, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's the only child. Yeah, right now we don't have no siblings are, you know, to kind of help him out or anything like that after I'm gone. So my thing is to try to get him as as self-sufficient as possible. Mm -hmm. And to me right now, like life skills, learn how to talk to people is Mm -hmm. a little bit more important right now than catching up. And and, and he can learn. Don't get me wrong. He's learning, but he's just, it's a little harder for him to be on the same level with his uh, peers right now. And at my point, like I said, I just want him to, one, be happy, and then two, you know, have those life skills that are going to help him, you know, get the job that's going to help him, you know, because it doesn't matter how intelligent you are, mm-hmm. if you cannot, um, you know, <laughs> express yourself. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm just being real. You yeah, can be true. accelerant and very smart, but if you can't go to a job interview and express what you know, what good is the knowledge? Know how to communicate so, and, yeah. And how to right. interact with people. Yeah, have those interpersonal exactly. skills. Yeah, totally. I, agree I know with that. a lot of people who are brilliant at what they do, but they don't get very far in life because they can't. They don't know how to um, get along with people on their job. They don't mm-hmm. know how to um, conduct themselves. So 
you know, for me, I, I really am trying to work on those social skills. And it's okay to be socially awkward. Everyone's not going to have this, you know, shining star personality. But I do want him to be aware of, you know, how he is communicating to other people. And, you know, so that's where we're at right now. <laughs> um, how did your family take um, the information you got about, you know, him being diagnosed with autism? Were they supportive or they didn't believe um, it? Yeah, well, my mom is, believe it or not, she's a preschool preschool teacher. Mm-hmm. And I think, she, I feel like she took it the hardest. And I had no, I did, like I said before, the situation that happened at that preschool that he was going to on Camp Pendleton. <clears throat> um, <laughs> he, you know, I didn't understand what her tears were for. Because when I came back, I told her and she cried that day. I mean, like she cried. And I said, why are you crying? You know, it's not the end of the world. She goes, Key, you just don't understand how many teachers do and how many people did not want to put in the work to deal with children like him. And it's going to be a very tough road. And I'm like, mm-hmm. like, it's going to be all right. So after that event, I understood then what she meant and why she was crying because she said the educational system is not set up for children who are, unless you put them in a special school or something, but Mm -hmm. it just seems like it's just not set up to really deal with children with Asperger's and, and, and and disabilities on this level. Cause they're not, you know, especially high functioning ones. Cause we know they have meltdowns and Mm -hmm. and things like that. There's a lot of emotional stuff that goes on with it. And yeah. (laughs) Right. And so they, a lot of times they'll just cover that as bad behavior Oh, he's just, you know, that's bad behavior. But really, it's, you know, they're frustrated because their brain is trying to process everything you're saying. If you're in class and taking notes or whatever, a lot of them have a hard time with audio learning as mm-hmm. opposed to visual. My son's a very visual. You put some, you put a graph up, you put anything, he's got it. But a lot of times school is not set up for you to visually learn or even kinetic learning. You know, you don't get the, it's rare you get a class where you touch, smell, taste, you know, that, that doesn't really exist until maybe high school or Mm -hmm. so, but a lot of things in the classroom is auditorial direction. First do this, do then do that, do this, look at this, we're going to do that. You know, so if he's not able to process what you're saying, because it takes them, their little brains time to get the information of what you're saying into their brain and understand your direction. Yeah, I'm learning that with um, us being home right now and doing like the Zoom classes. So like me and my husband, we invested in a a big whiteboard to like help in my son. um, He's in Mm. third grade um, with steps, you know, like with math problems, like what's step one, what's step two, step three, you know, so (laughs) to him, for him to see that visual, you know, piece that he, you know, because it doesn't click sometimes with the audio side no it, it doesn't and so they're like i said they're getting frustrated in school because they're like oh slow down don't talk so fast what do you mean you mm-hmm. know and some teachers i mean luckily i feel like now um a lot of schools are aware of some of the children with all with asperger's uh kind of need um there was a time i'm pretty sure like he just got bad behavior, you know, and yeah. it's really not that. It's really not. And, you know, they don't like to be touched. They don't want people close to them. And what are you doing in the classroom? You're right next to everybody. A desk is right next to the next person, next person, you know. So you, you're, they're fighting against all their senses and still trying to do what their the typical child is able to do mm-hmm. in the same environment. So um, I think anybody that has a child that, has you know Asperger's or you know you know just hey just keep going and sometimes blocking out those negative comments is maybe the only way you know know that your child is is not evil they're not you know they're just frustrated as they should be because their brain is working overtime just to do the you know simple things that a typical child does with ease you know yeah. You said, I remember you mentioned to me that Zane actually started going back to school. Um, they lifted um, 
the policies for at the school and VISA, right? You said VISA Unified. And so the kids yes, are back so, at school. Does he yeah, have support so, in school or um, like a one-on-one? Or? He does. He, he does. Um, he has um, his, he, I think this is like uh, 80-20. So 80% of the time he is in uh, the classroom with typical children. And then 20% of the time he's with his special educational teacher and getting services and, and things of that nation. Like they pull him out of class for reading. They pull them out of class for like mathematics, uh, and then they pull them for um, for speech. Mm-hmm. So he is getting support. Um, don't get me wrong; he's definitely getting support. I just think sometimes the schools are not set up for the behavior part, or you know, understanding the behavior of a child with Asperger's when they have those bad days where they're gonna climb under a table and don't talk to anybody. You know. So but does he have like a, a safe place in the classroom or another room where he can go to like decompress, um, you know, and get everything out that he might be feeling at the moment or? As far as I know, in this school, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I haven't been able to see it's not because we're in a, a year Corona. They, <laughs> they're not letting the parents able to go inside and see what's going on. Like where the classroom, like you would normally do. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, to me, from gathering from the IEP, he's just in his classroom, his small classroom with his uh, special education teacher and, um, you know, the four or five kids that also have Asperger's, you know? Okay. Uh, and then he's in his regular. So I don't seem as if there is, I could be wrong, but in this school, it doesn't seem as if there is a specific place. Like uh, when we were at Fallbrook, he had, that school, the, the Fallbrook Street, Street School, I'm going to tell you, is a really good school for children with Asperger's. They had a whole cool-down room. Every time they get upset, it was like, you know, they had a little trampoline in there they can jump on, and, you know, everything was, like, bolted to, like, the walls so they can't, like, knock over shelves or anything. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, and it was a really safe place. Um, I've seen it in... Oceanside School District, or um, I'm new to Vista, so like I said, this year is kind of weird because I can't go in and see his classroom. I can't yeah. even go on class campus. I I can't even go inside the office. I just have to wave when I drop him off. I'm like, have a good day. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, I talked. I did have an IEP meeting last Monday with uh, his, um, <clears throat> you know, um, with, with the. Um, his special education teacher and his regular teacher and so everyone on the team, um, basically. Yeah, okay. everybody on the team. So one of the things that is that they would probably email me more often of what's going on, just because I'm not able to like, you know, know his like be able to meet with them and actually go there and see them and mm-hmm. see his, his classroom or whatnot. So um, we'll see. Hopefully, it'll get better. You know. Um, what advice would you give someone that, you know, that is first getting the diagnosis and even like a single parent, you know, um, like what advice like would you like, like to share? I would, I would say the first thing is like be optimistic. Don't go straight into like, oh, like, oh no, something's wrong, you know, just be very, very optimistic. And the next thing I would say is as fast as you can, as fast as you got those diagnosis, the diagnosis, I'm sorry, I can't talk. It's okay. <laughs> diagnosis, as soon as you got the diagnosis, you need to run out and go find resources as quickly as you can. And usually um, the people who probably does the testing uh, on your child may give you, you know, um, some a few resources. For me, it was kind of like go to the regional center. Um, I mean, regional center can be okay. Sometimes I feel like they're a little limited um, to what they can help you with. But, you know, Google, go online, search, you know, places. I know, um, I, and I said I was going to look this up, too. There's a place up towards Irvine that specialized in um, children with autism and therapies and stuff like that. I cannot remember. But I think I said this the last time, and I was going to look it up, and I didn't. It's but, okay. um, <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of places you can go online. That, I mean, sometimes they cost money, um, 
but your best bet bet is to get on the internet and you know find if you can find groups with other parents that have children with autism you know it's always good to get with a group that understand your situation and you can probably even create like play dates and stuff mm-hmm. with with your kids so that you know they don't feel alone especially as they get older and older right now as little kids I feel like it's probably not that recognizable. Like other kids don't really care, but as you get, you know, move up and get closer to those um, preteens and, you know, children start to change and um, they might start noticing, well, that kid's a little different, you know, so you want to be able to, uh, I guess this is what, what I'm dealing with or the level I'm dealing with right now, you know, getting him to have confidence and feel like they have a place to, be so like i said get on the internet get with other groups of people who have children with asperger's you know swap ideas that work for you know one parent or whatever um and just as fast as you can get all the look for resources that can get your child uh on a good path because i feel like the younger you get them therapy the younger they are when you start dealing with their um their, you know, disability, then I think it will affect them drastically mm-hmm. as they grow up. You know, they're probably in a better I mind totally frame. agree. That early intervention, yeah. you know, really helps, right. you know. Yeah. With... I mean, I have an adult friend that has um, Asperger's, but he did not get diagnosed until he was like nearly 24, 25 years old. So, oh gosh, yeah. you know, he always says like, if I had known... You know, I probably would have done better in school mm-hmm. or whatnot because then, you know, you would have had teachers to help me. I could have, you know, so, you know, I've learned like, okay, I'm not, I'm not crazy. It's just that my brain works a little differently. Um, and he's learned how to cope by doing things like repeating what you say. If I said something to you, he'll pray, paraphrase it like, you know, hey, I'm like, it's great. It's nice outside today. He's like, you said it was sunny out today or Oh, really? okay. the weather's good so his brain has automatically learned to just um kind of spit that back out to you so he he makes sure that we're on the same page about what we're talking about so um but yeah definitely she would have got you know i diagnosed younger in life because going through life all the way to 25 and not knowing that something's not quite right mm-hmm. but everybody just kind of writes you off as oh you're dumb you're stupid and then you kind of get, or, yeah, yeah, something's wrong with you, you know, especially mm-hmm. being a, a young black male when you're supposed to always be assertive and always be aggressive. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you're not supposed to be like different from anybody else. So, you know, a lot of stuff he went through, um, he always even say like, yeah, he got made fun of when he was a kid. I was a weird kid. No one knew what was quite wrong with me. I was just considered stupid. You can't learn, you know, um, especially in the 90s, you know. So, yeah, that's sad. So, but I, I think, <laughs> yeah. You know, in the 90s, no one cared. <laughs> but, you know, um, like, I feel like, you know, the, um, the diagnosis of autism um, it's something, you know, it's been around for a long time, but the way yeah. that it's been put out there in like, especially in the mainstream media, I feel it's a lot more, you know, out there than before, yeah. you know, like you wouldn't really know about it. Like I remember last time we spoke, you talked about like Raymond, you know, and that's yeah. our image of someone that had autism, you know, and exactly. <laughs> that's not the exactly. case. That's you, know? All you know, you're like, Oh, they're really smart, but then they're all, they can't function in life because that's what, that's what Hollywood showed us. That's the only thing I, yeah, that was one of my thoughts. I was like, I only know two things about autism. The commercial would, uh, t- um, uh, what's her name? Um, Tony Braxton. Uh, Tony Braxton. Tony Braxton and and Rayman. Yeah. That was my references. Yeah. That's all I had. I was like, oh my lord! But then you start to learn like there's so many. And you know what? I feel like this new generation, this younger generation that's going to school, everybody kind of makes fun like, oh, there's snowflakes, but they're so much more aware of people with disabilities and 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 bullying much more so. They're than more when we were compassionate. Going to 
that Very is what so. I'm learning um, from even for me, like working at the high school, you know, it's in the um, inclusive school. It's the school that Ian goes to. Um, he goes to the elementary um, mm-hmm. campus. And I just feel like just the way like they they do a lot of project It's a project based learning school mm-hmm. and they all work together. You know what I mean? They like build on yeah. like, you know, so like say a student might have autism and the student might be great at drawing, you know, and so that's mm-hmm. his task for the, for the project, you know? And so right. everyone gets along and, you know, like they might not be like the yeah. best of friends, but they know how yeah. to work together and they have a lot more right. like, compassion and more understanding. And, and that's how it should be. It really should be because we all as individuals, you know, typical or not you, we are <laughs> We're different in every kind of way, and mm-hmm. we have our own strengths. And mm-hmm. and, and that's what I think uh, I'm, I'm so grateful for, that I've seen, like, a shift in the school with the compassion of others. And I hope it just keeps continuing, you know. And even in the workplace, you know, um, I, at my job, kind of experienced, I'm not trying to write out my boss or nothing, but I noticed, because I have a child with autism, I kind of noticed another employee May have been, and I'm, I can't, you know, hey, I'm not a doctor. I can't diagnose, but he, you know, so showed a little bit of, um, you know, some things that I would say was kind of like on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And my boss is getting mad. Why can't he? Why? Can't? I'm like, okay, look, you can get angry. You can figure out a way to say, okay, you told him to do this. Maybe you need to write a list down because overall, everybody learns differently. That is true. You know, just because you can orally, you know, and expect somebody to take it, uh, you know, auditorially and and be like, you said, go pick this up, but but, but whatever, doesn't necessarily mean it translates in their mind what you're trying to tell them to do. Maybe some people need a list, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so he kind of made a list. And then um, I was like, just every day, look, hey, guys, every day, just look on the list and just check it off with one of those um, dry erase markers. The problem is, is the follow-through, because then my boss would never go back and look to see if he actually, you know, did the checklist. So it kind of crumbled. But I was like, you're making yourself more upset than that person. That person doesn't even understand why you're upset. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To them, they, they don't get, they don't even understand. So why are you elevating your blood pressure when you could just figure out a, simple solution like let me write this down okay or let me speak to him and explain um so even in the workplace sometimes we need to be cognitive of like there's people out there that may not be diagnosed with disabilities but they're not uh inferior and they can do the work you that know what i mean true. It's that is so true. and to me that makes you a greater leader when mm-hmm. you're able to do that mm-hmm. um because so, I don't want my child going into the workplace and someone's now granted different jobs require different things. I work at a like a gym and all like, our employees really do is clean. Okay, they clean. It's not brain surgery. It's not you know rocket science. It's just clean. So sometimes I'm like, you have to just be aware that there's people out there with disabilities. Instead of being you know gun hold to what you want everybody to be. Be a better leader. Be, you know, totally someone who that. can, yeah, you know what I mean? Because you know what? I have That's a friend, I have a good friend, and her son, I mean, excuse me, her brother um, um, was diagnosed with autism. They're, I believe they're seven years apart. Uh, mm-hmm. But her mother, you know, doesn't have her um, son working. He's an adult. And doesn't have right. him working because she's fearful of how, you know, how the world might treat him. You know, yeah. um, I think he was working at a grocery store, um, bagging groceries, but you know, people are, <laughs> people are mean, you know, and yeah, they are, they so are, they can be, that's what I'm fearful too. You know, when Ian go, he really wants to get a, get a job. He wants to work at, um, Chick-fil-A or in and out because <laughs> he loves French fries and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like six more years. Okay. Six more years, but yeah. I'm fearful like he might go out into the workforce and there might be that one customer that is not patient and is mean to him, you know, and I, hopefully I won't be yeah. there, you know, because <laughs> I don't want to have yeah. to go off on anybody. 
<laughs> but yeah, you know what right? I mean? I, um, and I, I think, yeah, I think I carried that in my heart too. Cause when I saw that going on, I'm like, I need to step in and say something because I don't want to be that person that just lets this go on. And, you know, um, it's like that, that, that boss just, and even when I was telling them, you know, um, we had another supervisor that happened to be, you know, there that day when I was talking about it. She goes, but at what point do you have to let go of somebody's hand and, and, and let them, you know, let them go. And I'm like, yes, I understand that. But at the same time, look at where the environment we are. Like I said, it's cleaning. So We're in a gym, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but but but, but I, I I get fearful of that. But it's, at times, this is why we have to start them from young, having that confidence, so that when someone like that comes into their life, they can you know, con, you know, learn how to conduct themselves around that person. And it's unfortunate that that person's like that, you know. Yeah. So. Um, that's why, yeah, that's what I was saying. That's why we need to start young, getting our children to um, lo- learn effective communication because you will get that. And uh, maybe, you know, teach them a couple your mama jokes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like we have scriptures around the house. So we always try to like, like, the you know, Philippians, I don't know if you know, Philippians 413. I can do mm-hmm. all things through Christ that strengthens me. And so we have like Ian read that, you know, when he's not feeling confident or he's anxious, you know, when he has like a project or he has to like record something on Flipgrid. Flipgrid that's what the program is called on the Internet. Um, we have him read that to build up his confidence, you know. Um, yeah, I just like you just have to instill certain things in our kids so they're able right. to do things in life. Yeah. You know, because yeah, we're not going to be always be able to be there or even stop somebody from being cruel. Um, but we do have the responsibility of trying to fill our children's cup up with confidence mm-hmm. so that they, you know, that it's run, you know, that someone else comes along and tries to spill it. It always has enough, you know, in it to not be empty. Definitely. So that's kind of like what I'm, I'm trying to do. Cause even when he comes home, he gets frustrated. I am not smart. I don't know how to learn. I don't know how to mm-hmm. do this. Yes, you I do. You have that too. Yep. Yeah. And I'm like, you do want to learn. You do. You, you know, learning is not always about like, you know, ABC, one, two, three. Sometimes learning is like, you know, hey, I'm able to pick up a basketball and spin it and throw it through your legs. That's still a skill. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not a skill that society deems, you know, extremely worthy. Although there is NBA players. But whatever your strength is, it's it's good. You know, don't think just because you can't do this doesn't mean, and you do this well, doesn't mean that the thing that you do well is any less than the thing that you can't do well, you know? Mm-hmm. So totally I don't agree. know if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree, <laughs> I agree with you. It does make sense. Um, yeah. So let me ask you my, my last question. So you have a lot going on, you know, being a single parent and have a child that has a diagnosis with autism. Um, What do you do to take care of yourself? Your self-care? My self-care, believe it or not. (laughs) And it's, uh, I really, well, one, like I said, I I exercise. Obviously, I work in a gym, so, you know, I (laughs) (laughs) I should be doing something. I should be doing some kind of exercise. But, you know, like I said, I'm not no, you know, long distance runner. I'm not a triathlon athlete. But I do know that it relieves stress. Uh, even sometimes we have, like, a punching bag. Mm. I'm not I'm not a skilled fighter at all. But, like, sometimes I'll go in there and punch on the bag, you know, kick the bag. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I really do. I look crazy. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm not kicking that bag right. Because, you know, working in the gym, everyone wants to correct people for him and, mm-hmm. and you're not lifting right. But anyways, <laughs> I, I'm in there like, uh, 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 you know, but if you get out that frustration, I promise you'll be a much more relaxed, chilled person. And, and another thing that's weird enough, like I started learning how to do my own hair. And, uh, you know, like sitting there and just braiding my hair to me is very therapeutic. I know a lot of people are like, why don't you just don't get it braided? It'll look better. I get it. I get it. But sometimes just doing that, having to focus mm-hmm. for a long time and uh, doing a, you know, a fine motor skill 
to me is is relaxing because I it makes me slow down. You know, ninety percent of the time I'm running around. I gotta get this. We gotta get to you know get to school on time. Yes. I gotta get to work on time. Uh-huh. So sitting down and just like braiding your hair and not having like a particular um, place to be or a particular time to finish is therapeutic to me. So those are like two things that I like to do to do self-care, as we say. (laughs) I love that. I wish wish I could do that. (laughs) I have three kids now and I'm like, I want to go run. I'm like showing my husband like running shoes. (laughs) Like I need to invest in a new pair of running shoes so I can go run at the beach or something. You know? Yeah, and she started running. You're like, oh God, her mercy! It was so much easier when I was 22. No, girl, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, oh, you know, I recently I bought some uh, rollers, so that's my next skill to get back to roller skating. Because um, I realize now that I am super horrible, and I am nothing like I was when I was 18 and I 19. Love almost bad boys. Yeah, I really want so to invest on, in a pair of those. <laughs> I yeah, I found a cheap pair at Big. Uh, is a Big Five? Big Five? Oh yeah, Big Five. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. It was like forty nine dollars. That's I mean, a good they're deal. Like the cheap one. They don't have a lot of padding, but hey, dang it, they're on my feet. So, <laughs> yeah. So just always find some rec- recreational things that you could do with your kids. So I take him to the skateboard, and then I go skating. Really, so, that's you know, awesome. Yeah. So. You know, you got to have fun. Otherwise, yeah. you know, yeah. life will beat you down. That's right. That's right. You know, it's just, just don't stay down. <laughs> I, I totally agree with that. Um, Takia, yeah. I just want to say thank you for <laughs> chatting with me again. You know, we, the first time we talked, I thought everything was going great, but <laughs> the sound was messed up. So I was like, I have to I re-record it. Sounds good. No, it's, yeah. it's so much better. And my husband also stayed to listen to make sure that everything was good. And he's playing with our little two-year-old to make sure she stays cool. Oh, you're <laughs> such a good husband. Thank you, husband. <laughs> so we can record this. I'll make sure to tell. <laughs> and I didn't I didn't mind re- redoing it. It was it's fine. It was, I was like, okay, I just wanted you to get your 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 you know, I'm excited to to uh hear your podcast and and you know, do something innovating. I I really admire that you're you're going to do this you know thank you you know what it has been something that has been on my heart for a long time and then also because you know I'm not in the classroom anymore and I'm not working in you know the special ed field you know I decided to become Uh a stay-at-home mom at the moment yeah and I just like I I still want to give back in some way and I feel like um just for people of color I feel like we don't have an outlet um yes I don't know if I share this with you, like, um, like my first experience learning about autism is like watching like Holly Robinson Pete, um, and her oh, son. Yeah. And yeah. you know what I mean? I love the way that she talks about it and she represents, you know, autism, but I feel like she's in a different bracket. You know, she has access to all the different resources, you know, she's, right, you know, right. like she has all, all those things at her fingertips. So what about the people right. like us, you know, the single parents, the um, people right. that don't have great insurance, you know, that have to rely on like the free services, like regional center or whatever, you know, if you do have yeah. insurance, you know, whatever they provide and you can't go to the places that are the best places <laughs> that provide the best resources, you know? Right. So I feel like we need an outlet too. So that's yeah, why I've been in, um, chatting with you and other guests um, about, you know, having a child that is on the spectrum and, you know, yes. what tips can you provide and, you know, what, what has worked for you? What hasn't worked for you? You know, what do you do to take care of yourself? So um, yeah. this should be dropping soon. So I'll let you know, yeah. <laughs> trying know. to get it together. <laughs> Hopefully by the end of this month or April. Um, Yes, I can't wait to hear it. And and you know, like I said, for me, for uh, as older, you know, we're getting older. Sometimes we get fearful of doing new things because you know, when you kind of do a podcast, who you think you are, Oprah? You know, so you know, people can be negative, or you have, or we. I know me. Sometimes I just have those like negative, like 
thoughts in my head. Like, you gotta what get am over I that. You gotta get yeah, over that. You gotta get past it. And a lot of and that stuff is too is from our parents' generation, you know, and yeah. a lot of giving up on your dreams and don't do that, you know. Yeah. Um, I regret. You know, you shouldn't have regrets in life, but I do regret like giving up on certain of my a lot of my passions in life and listening yeah. to other people. You know, people exactly. Yeah. Just like do even it. now, um, I, I'm going to school. I think I told you that I'm doing the real estate classes, and I, I got a ear. My my aunt, why would you want to do that? You wasting money. No. Just finish the regular classes. No, it's something. Even if I fell flat on my face, and I don't make a single dollar from what I'm putting. No, in. but you're it's, but you're a people person. You're just listening <laughs> to you right now. You know, just how you communicate. You will do well in that. No, do that. Well, do it you know it's <laughs> just it. like well it's better to try it mm-hmm. and fail at it than not to do it at all i would never tell my kids hey don't do that because you're gonna fail no do it fail figure out where what part of that you failed at what can you make it do better you know you could do better and go back out there and try it again mm-hmm. you know or if it's you know if you try it a couple more times and it's still not working okay let's find a new passion there's no shame in that the shame is in not doing things at all because you're afraid someone's going to make fun of you or you're afraid that, you know, this and that and the other. No, do it. If you want to write a book, write it. Yep. If you want to, you know, yep. record yourself singing yep. at 45, hey, you never know. You, some record executive might be like, dang, she sounds good. Yep. You know, so totally don't agree. be afraid. It's never yeah. too late. Never too it late. It is. It really yeah. isn't. And even if you don't you become a, some superstar or whatever it you took the time to do mm-hmm. what you, you accomplished it. You're you able, you checked yeah, it off the box, it. the things that you wanted to do in life. Yep, yeah. Totally agree. And that's, that's more important than it being super successful. You know what I mean? Yes. So, well, I will yeah. be praying for you. Um, Thank you. <laughs> that you pass <laughs> that test that get. first time, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, you're real afraid to get your real estate license and, you know, you sell your first home, you know. Thank you. Okay. Oh, but thank, thank you, you Zakia. I appreciate it. Hey everyone, just wanted to say thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Day in the Life of Autism. Oh my gosh, Zakia's story was, it was deep. Um, Just the part of her mentioning having to go into the classroom to take her child out because the facility didn't want to take care of her child anymore because he had autism. Like, that was crazy. The lack of empathy. Just imagine how many people out there that might be experiencing the same thing or even just like trying to decide like should they take their child out because you know the child care facility is not understanding how to provide services um that is oh my gosh it's just it's, it's really deep also the part about the therapist taking Zane and Zakia out to the farmer's market to work with him like I think that's like amazing like I've never heard of that before I've always seen the ABA therapist um going into the home and working with the child, but I've never seen them outside um, just trying to work on certain things. I just think that it was amazing just to hear that. Um, So, oh my gosh, (laughs) this is a day in the life of autism. Um, Please stay tuned for the next episode. I will see you guys soon. Take care.